are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. Welcome back, family, to the Storm Tracker Podcast. I'm Marcus Benjamin, representing KanesCounty.com, part of the Rivals.com network. And today I'm joined by John Garcia, national recruiting analyst for Rivals.com, to talk a little Miami recruiting. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing well, Marcus. We're, we're there, right? Home stretch of, of the 24 cycle. It's It's been crazy, and you get the sense it's a little more crazy ahead. Yeah, uh, that's probably an understatement. <laughs> uh, you know, just with recruiting and the transfer portal is like this other animal of recruiting or college football, I guess you could say. Uh, these days, it, it's just been the wild, wild west, um, you know, pretty much of, of players jumping here and there, decommitting, committing. Uh, you just had to commit, you, you you know, with Jordan Seaton going to Colorado. That I mean, that was crazy in itself. I mean, usually yeah. you have some intel of where he's going. Didn't really have that much intel as far as, you know, national news is concerned. So that was a surprise. Uh, but, you know, with the Miami Hurricanes, they are in the top 10 uh, right now. They got a huge flip of Justin Scott. Uh, to Miami and many including rivals would consider Miami with the top defensive line class right now for 2024 but the question for most hurricane fans is are they going to finish at the top when it comes to the state of Florida or or the big three Florida State Florida and Miami so right now Florida State leading uh, Miami second and then Florida's third Miami still has a couple of guys, you know, kind of on the radar here. But when it's all said and done, after this initial signing day, do you think Miami ends up on top? They could very well possibly vault Florida State because, I mean, we, we talked about the crazy, right? I mean, there's clearly some big scenarios still developing. I think when you look at adding prospects versus holding on to great prospects, I think both Florida State and Miami have dealt with, you know, sort of the maintenance of their strong recruiting classes. But I think there's a lot more talk of, about Florida State's top commitment, K.J. Bolden, maybe ending up somewhere else. He's a Georgia native. Georgia's still involved. Um, Auburn has hosted him for a visit and now an in-home with, with Hugh Freeze over the last couple of days to a week. So this thing's got a lot of legs uh, for K.J. Bolden. So that would be the headlining recruit for Florida State potentially exiting the program. And as we know, Miami is potentially on the verge of bringing in even more talent. We know there's another DB spot open. It feels like, I mean, Jordan Lyle is one that we've been tracking for a long time, if that would happen. And then the obvious, right? Shamanai Madonna, what about Cedric Bailey? What about the, the big fish, Jeremiah Smith, which would, you know, for any school, enhance their recruiting class? It just seems like there's a lot ahead for Miami to potentially add to this group compared to a Florida state, which sits a few spots higher within the top 10 nationally. So if Bolden departs this FSU class, I think the door is wide open for Miami to become the state champion from a recruiting standpoint. And that'd be a big deal. I think all three schools right now are in the top 15. Um, Florida was, was leading the charge for quite some time. And now Florida state is that top school with Miami surge, as you said, because of that Justin Scott commitment all the way up uh, near the top five overall. So 
it's really close between all of these schools, even at the very top. Like Georgia's got the number one class. It's no guarantee. Ohio State is sitting right there at number two, followed by Florida State and, and many others, including Miami. So there still could be a lot of fluctuation with that final ranking uh, here in the next two weeks. Yeah, definitely could be a lot of movement when it comes to the class. Uh, but uh, Miami is doing a great job of just acquiring talent um, overall. But there's a lot of questions about the quarterback position, John. And we all know that's the most important position probably in all of sports, right? So Miami has had some trouble this year at the quarterback position. Tyler Van Dyke was ups and down, up and down, mostly down. Uh, they've got a young budding true freshman in, in Emory Williams, but may not be quite ready to lead that team, lead the team to the next level. But right now they've got Judd Anderson, right? And they are thinking about Cedric Bailey, like you mentioned. First, what are your thoughts on Judd Anderson? And do you think that he has the capability of possibly taking this team uh, to the next level? Is Should he be the only quarterback that Miami takes? And how much should Miami push for Cedric Bailey? You and I probably were, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, just gawking at, at, at his performance in, in the state championship uh, yeah. today. I mean, you know, throwing for many touchdowns, catching one, he just looked outstanding. He looked the part. So how dire do you think this quarterback situation is for Miami? Look, a lot of programs are going through this right now, right? The portal is flooded with a lot of starting caliber quarterbacks, and I think Miami will certainly play in that that pool, if you will. But you've got to bring in depth. I mean, there's really no other way around it. You know, this year – Van Dyke goes down, and then it's Emery, and then he had one other scholarship guy, you know, for most of, of the season with, with Brown, who's going to start the bowl game. So just yeah. from a number standpoint, it, it's just not enough. So I do think the possibility of a two-quarterback class has increased maybe exponentially over the last few weeks and months, hence that scholarship offer to Bailey. And I think now that, as we record this, his state championship run is over. Shamana dominated Clearwater Central Catholic in case anybody was curious or surprised. Now he could turn that page. He could turn that page and really dive into his future. Longtime NC State commitment, um, but obviously very familiar with Miami. And once that offer came in, it was like, here we go. Let, let's see how this thing's going to close out. You know, two very different offenses. Um, and, and obviously different levels of familiarity uh, from NC State and, and local Miami for Bailey, who, you know, we have ranked pretty highly at Rivals. You know, he's a top 10 dual threat guy for us. And I, I don't really understand why elsewhere he's, he's not in that blue chip territory, because if we judge quarterbacks by winning, there's not a quarterback in this class that has won more games than sure. Cedric Bailey. And I'm talking going way back. He's only lost two games in high school. He just wrapped up his third straight state championship, undefeated this year at Chaminade. They played as tough a schedule as anybody in the country did this year. Uh, and even going back to you know, Little League, you know, he's lost like five games in his life. I mean, I, I think that alone should carry a lot of weight. But you look at the production, and it's not like he's just, you know, trying to to be a, a ball distributor and a point guard out there. He's like pushing the ball down the field. I mean, the, the TD throw – 
to JoJo Trader uh, during the state championship was as good a downfield throw as you'll get. It was very good coverage, but Bailey, you know, put it on uh, his back shoulder. Uh, and then obviously throughout this season, we've seen him have no issue pushing the ball down the field, as, as you see in, in some of these clips. Yes, he's got the best receiver core, maybe group of skill guys in the country. And, and that is something that people view as a negative. I view it as a positive because those guys, Jeremiah Smith, JoJo Trader, um, Kyle Washington, Denarius Gray, they go to bat for CJ. Jeremiah has been very public. Hey, this is the best QB in America. And he's got Aaron Olin, a five-star, committed to Ohio State along with him, but he's pumping up CJ as QB1. JoJo has done the same. He wouldn't have stayed at Chaminade if that wasn't the case. So if it was if it was an underperformance and we were scratching our head because Chaminade was losing games, I think that would have been a different development. But this kid has had all the pressure in the world and lived up to it. Again, we haven't even talked about He's 6'6", he can run, he's got a big arm, he can drop his arm angle, he's a very good decision maker. We haven't talked about any of that. So I think quarterback is unique in that regard, and that type of player, it's probably, it was probably overdue for Miami to get involved with Cedric Bailey, but they are here better late than never, and I do think it will absolutely be a huge factor down the stretch, and you can't also ignore what that could mean. Yes, you need depth. Yes, you need more local talent. But we know what what uh, Cedric Bailey commitment could potentially mean for Jeremiah Smith, who, again, no one has advocated for CJ more than than JJ has. And that's as big a deal as as this recruiting cycle can create this late in the game. But but independent of that, Miami needs quarterbacks. There's no doubt about it. I like Judd Anderson. I think he's taken a nice step forward as a senior. He transferred high schools to Warner Robins in Georgia. He was able to throw it a little bit more, and we got to see more of a modern approach from Judd, who's also 6'6", by the way. So right. big quarterbacks coming to Miami no matter what. Uh, but I just think there's a different style and a different expectation with these two guys. I think Judd is a little bit more long-term, a little bit more developmental from an athletic profile standpoint. I think Cedric Bailey is a guy who, like Emory Williams, if it hit the fan and you'd have to give him the ball uh, the keys to the Ferrari next year, he could handle it, at least mentally, to a degree. Um, so that's something that is invaluable at that position, as as this past year just, just taught every Hurricanes fan out there. That's a very good point. I mean, the fact that he has been in big situations, you mean, uh, they traveled to Bishop Gorman last last year. So he, he's been in championship games practically every year of, of his life. So he, yeah. he knows about big games. And I think getting CJ is, is, has been long overdue, certainly, like as far as offering him, um, you know, it, even if you weren't sold on his mechanics, which I think is what was, you know, what was hold, maybe holding the scholarship back. I think you do it just just off of principle, right? Just because, you know, he is on arguably the best team in the country, definitely the best team in South Florida. So I I, I think they, they need to push really hard for, for Cedric Bailey because I'm not totally sold on Judd Anderson. I don't think anybody really is. As of yet, I think he's a great project, um, much like Emory Williams, you know. Um, and, you know, we've seen that Emory Williams – in, in a big spot, played well, relatively well against Florida State. So uh, I, I'm certainly not downplaying, downplaying the, the the level of skill of Judd Anderson, but to add a Cedric Bailey to this class would be tremendous. 
uh, for the Miami Hurricanes recruiting class. Now, they're strong in, in a bunch of positions, and I already mentioned the edge position uh, being one of their strong suits. Uh, but from, from your perspective, I mean, you're knee-deep in, in recruiting. Um, how, how does these the position groups in this class kind of measure up to each other and, and which kind of intrigues you the most? Look, it's hard to look beyond that D-line hall, right? You've got a bit of everything coming in for the U. You've got your your true interior type who's ready right now in Scott. You know, I think one of the biggest risers in our rankings that released this week was Artavius Jones, the other interior D-lineman that, that Miami's got committed. He's now a top 200 prospect. He's your man. If this guy hits, he could be a first rounder. I mean, he is he's that athletic. He's that big coming out of the panhandle. So you've got true interior talent coming in and then just a bevy of pass rushers to flank yes. them. You, you've got uh, you've got size, you've got speed, you've got length. I think that's the most common denominator with all those edge players, a ton of length. And some guys uh, like like the Louisville flip, he's he's probably ready sooner rather than later. Right. Led the state of Alabama in sacks over 245 pounds right now. Then you've got guys like maybe an Elias Rudolph who you're expecting to see more from down the line once he gets into that strength and conditioning program and fills out. So you've got a lot of variance with this edge class uh, for Miami as well. Marquise Lightfoot is a baller. Uh, I love Booker Pickett from Tampa Wharton. He's had like 50 sacks in the last you know couple yeah. of years. I mean, hard to ignore that. And he's a legacy recruit. I know that was a huge win for Miami over Florida State as we talk about those two going head to head here down the stretch of, of the cycle. So that that D-line group and the edge group specifically, really strong. I think there's a, a lot of continuity in the receiver group. And obviously, maybe there's an addition to go with that group. But I like what Miami's put put on paper right now. You've got that combination of, of local ties, you know, with your JoJo traders and your Chance Robinsons and, and a lot of production with that group. You know, that group's coming in to potentially make a huge impact. And that's a very big position of need. So I think that's maybe an undervalued group, you know, coming to the U. And and I think the secondary group has some of those same qualities. You know, Daquan Patterson's the headliner. He's the rival's five-star. He can do everything. We all know that. But I think some of these other players that are, are high three-stars, guys we, we bumped up recently, like Orion Mack, are, are going to be impactful players down the line at Miami. They, they've got some juice to them. And again, just like we talked about with Bailey, all these kids have played national schedules for years. They're Chaminade kids. They're St. Thomas kids. They're Miami Central. They're Norland. I mean, th this is th this is the cream of the crop in South Florida. And we all know when the U is at its apex, those are the kind of kids that are coming into the program every single year. So I think that's a big theme and, and a strong execution, no matter how it shakes out here down the stretch for, for this coaching staff. I think you hit it right on the head with the length. I mean, if you look at these guys, they look like Jason Taylor clones, <laughs> you know, right. Jason Taylor is, is recruiting uh, these guys. Um, I, I think the length and, and just the wing, the wingspan of, of these guys is something that kind of jumps out to me. It's just like, wow, the, these guys, if they're developed like they should be under a hall of fame uh, player coach, then 
the, these guys will, you know, have their name called in the NFL soon. And, and when I say that, I'm talking about the Marquise Lightfoots. I'm talking about the Booker Pickett's, uh, Elias Rudolphs. Uh, these guys, Artavius Jones, love that kid. Uh, the, these are really outstanding talents. You can tell that Miami definitely focused on this position group. Last year, I think it was more of the offensive line. They, that they kind of mm. focused on and like this year it's, it's the D line. So they're really building this team through the chair, through the trenches and Miami's still pushing to kind of build on this defensive line. You know, it's kind of hard to believe with all the talent they already have, they're still pushing for an Armando Blunt and, and with the receiving core that they have, they're still pushing for a Jeremiah Smith. Those are two five stars. I've already talked about Justin Scott flipping a five-star flipping from Ohio state. Do you see any more potential five-star flips for this Miami class? It's like the odds say yes, because I don't know if there's another school in the country looking to flip more five stars overall than Miami seems to be. We've talked about Jeremiah I mean, Miami is is right there, especially if the, if the Bailey domino falls positively for the program and Coral Gables. I think you talk about Armando Blunt, obviously committed to Miami first after that that reclassification. So his clock has been sped up. And even before that point, a year out, we were thinking this was a Miami-Florida State battle. That's gone back and forth heavy. Uh, so again, if you talk about Miami winning a state title, pulling a five-star from Florida State will certainly – all but clinch that one for the U. Um, and, and look, you know, Jeremiah is Jeremiah. That that one is going to be its own domino uh, if and when it falls. I think we'll all find out December 20th. I think I've already been assigned by rivals to go to Shabbatah that day. So we'll, we'll see how the logistics work out there. But I'm also told Dylan Stewart, the five-star South Carolina commitment, is one that Miami has still chipped away on kind of behind the scenes. So, I mean, it, it, that's four or five stars that we know of today that Miami's got at, at worst a puncher's chance for. So right. with the, the crystal ball history and the recent history of Miami pulling some pretty big upsets in recruiting, I don't know how many people were tracking the, the Scott move before it happened. You won't bet against that down the stretch. So I think the odds of adding another five star are pretty strong for Miami at this time. And that doesn't even – crossover to the Jordan Lyle threshold. I think there's real smoke there for the U. So they're going to add blue chip talent at some point here over the next few weeks. It's just a matter of, of which names and how how high up that pushes the class when, when all is said and done. But no doubt, Miami's among the most exciting teams to track here down the stretch. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned Jordan Lyle, and this is a name that's been in conversations with my Miami uh about you know flipping for weeks now and we were actually expecting this to happen kind of way earlier but it seems like lyle is definitely kind of waiting out the process and going to wait after uh the state championship in order to make a decision which is you know of course perfectly fine of course you know you kind of want to focus on you know the task at hand which is winning a state title again uh, with St. Thomas Aquinas, definitely one of the powerhouses of the Sunshine State. Uh, but what have you heard lately with this situation? And, and do you still feel confident that this could happen? 
Yeah, look, um, Miami has been comfortable with its running back group. I think there's been, you know, the timeline is kind of open for, for this one. It had been up and down at different points. He would talk to Lyle and he would say, well, this program's talking to me. This program's still talking to me. Miami was kind of in and out of that, you know, but lately there's no doubt that the pressure and the consistency has increased from, from the hurricane angle. And, and yeah, you, you've covered Jordan as, as long as I have. He's a very business first approach kind of kid. He's not going to do like a huge, you know, Instagram commitment with the hats and all of that. He's very much a business like uh, like person. And that's kind of how he plays as a strong one cut runner. We actually, in this update, moved him to the top running back spot in the state of Florida, which was really uh, hotly contested uh, over the last few months because you've got Chauncey Bowens, who's headed to Georgia. You've got um, Jarek Gibson, who's headed to Texas. His teammate, Stacey Gage, who's going to UCF. You've got Chris uh, Chris Humphrey, who's headed to Miami as well. Uh, but Lyle, I think, has had the most consistent senior season of, of the bunch. And again, just like we talked about with Chaminade, it's against really strong competition. Uh, so I, I really like that aspect of Lyle's game. And, and there's a reason why Ohio State took him early on. And, and they're no doubt countering, especially after the Scott news. It's like, how how much of a thorn is Miami going to be in Ohio State's side in this <laughs> cycle? Um, you, you maybe didn't expect it with the big DT from Chicago, but a Broward County running back is a different story. It's a little bit more more juice to that expectation. So I, I do think it's very real. Uh, at one point, it looked like he would end up in the SEC, if not Ohio State. But I think right now, Miami is absolutely the top threat to the Buckeyes. And, and this one's going to come down to the wire. Like you said, you're not going to hear about it from Lyle uh, until after the state title game this weekend. So once Monday rolls around, uh, you should start you know perking your ears up a little bit for any Jordan Lyle news, because that can be the, the first big domino, in my opinion, to fall positively for Miami here uh, in December. Yeah, Lyle is is a back that I've, I've been liking for a while. I, I just think he's just an outstanding talent, and he's an all-purpose type of back who can catch the yep. ball out of the backfield very well. He can block well. Uh, I, I just think he is the perfect uh, back to make an impact right away and you know pair him with the Kevin Riley, who I really like as well. Uh, I, I think Miami is in a really, really good spot at the running back position. As far as the position that I have some concern as far as on the team and kind of going forward, it's kind of defensive back or safety. You know, I, I feel like, yeah, you got the obviously the uh, five star in Zaquan Patterson. What's not to love about him? But he's more of an in the box type of guy. Uh, I think they're missing like a playmaking ball hawking type of safety uh, to this class. And I'm not sure who could possibly fill that void. Maybe they're looking for some guys in the transfer portal to fill that void as well. But what are what are you, is your assessment of the safety position with this class? And do you see Miami maybe adding another player at that position? Yeah, that's a really good point, Marcus. I think the portal, look, for a lot of these positions, the portal is going to be a short-term answer because we all know what Miami's losing at that position, right? A couple of NFL guys right. in Cam Kitchens and, and James Williams. Uh, but this has been expected also, right? So you see the bigger defensive back class in general that Miami is is working towards. 
Um, and, and that group might not be done. You know, there's, there's the possibility of, of another DB coming in who might have some safety experience. We've talked, or I've, I've written about, you know, Xavier Lucas, the American heritage, big DB who can play corner or safety. You know, he could be in the mix for Miami. Ricky Knight is one that I've heard a little bit of smoke about relative again, Florida state, Miami head to head. We've heard some, some talk about him. He's another one who's got some hybrid qualities. And I think that's what it's going to take. There's no, like you said, there's no bona fide center fielder on this commitment list. It's going to be a, a conversion type. You know, could could OJ Frederic be that guy who who assimilates into that center fielder? Maybe, maybe, but he plays corner right now. Ditto for, for yeah. Ryan Mack, who works a lot of slot and outside corner. Uh, so I, I just think this group is going to have to have someone who maybe makes that move to safety and then blossoms thereafter it's it's not going to be a plug and play scenario for that style of safety like it might be for a patterson who like you said is going to be more in the box more of a nickel a guy who's just in the action regardless of of what his actual position is is going to be listed as so between a a, a late addition or a position conversion uh, or the portal i think miami has to address that before the 24 season of course yeah, I, I definitely think it's it's probably the only position that you can kind of look to and say, okay, they, they could use a couple more guys uh, here, and especially, like you said, with Cam Kitchens and James Williams now moving on to the NFL. Um, but that's going to wrap it up for the Storm Tracker podcast, the Rivals.com. Uh, uh, edition, so to speak, uh, with John Garcia, kind enough to join me today. Thanks again. John, and hope to see you soon. I know it's going to be a busy, busy couple of weeks for you. Yes, sir, Marcus. Appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, good luck to you as well down the stretch. Should be fun. Thank you, sir. Once again, make sure you subscribe to the Storm Tracker podcast on all platforms and also subscribe to the website, canescounty.com, for free. Use the promo code Miami30. Until the next episode.